0: I know you don't smoke weed, I know this, but I'm going to get you high today, because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do.
1: Welcome to The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and today I'm riding solo, but it's okay because we have yet another bonus episode here for you today in the vault. Something that I like to call Pop Culture Corner. And of course, it wouldn't be the vault if it wasn't classic. So we're gonna take a ride in Pop Culture Corner, something where we look at movies, entertainment, something related to the world of music which figured prominently during those particular times. And this one, I believe you all will like this one very much because it's something that most of us have seen and have also related to over these last few years. Once again, I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners out there worldwide, everybody, Europe. Asia, Africa, South America, Central America, in the United States, New York, California, Florida, Georgia, right here, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, out there in Texas, everyone out there, South Carolina, Nebraska, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Michigan, big shout out to Detroit, Chicago, the whole Midwest, everybody out there in the Northwest as well, Canada, want to give a shout out to everybody out there that's been listening to us, man, great support that we've had on the vault, even after moving to our new host on Red Circle, and things have been going well, so we appreciate you again as we pass the year mark here for the Vault Classic Music Reviews. So we're going into Pop Culture Corner, and of course, if you heard the clip, <laughs> you know exactly where this is going and where this clip is coming from. We're going to go back to the year 1995, and specifically, we're going to go back to April 26, 1995. And take a look back in the vault in pop culture corner at the movie, Friday, starring Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. And then, of course, a cast of characters that appeared in the movie as well. Some of them making their feature film debuts or starting to become veteran actors, some of them veteran actors in their own right. Just to give you an idea of the cast, for those of you who don't know, which many of you I'm sure know, was the beautiful Nia Long, Regina King, now, excuse me, Academy Award winning and Emmy Award winning Regina King, Anna Marie Horsford, the late great comedian Bernie Mac, and of course, the late great pops John Witherspoon and Tom Tiny Zeus Lister Jr., who was Debo, of course, as well. So, this movie was actually created and written by both Ice Cube and DJ Pooh. Ice Cube, of course, rap star, DJ Pooh, a producer and artist in his own sense came up with an idea for a movie and their impetus on making the movie Friday was the discontent that they had in regards to the portrayal of the hood and black neighborhoods, AKA some ghettos in film that they thought that some of them were way too violent, sometimes too menacing and sometimes way too much of a bad light were portrayed on these black neighborhoods and in the hood, which is funny because ice cubes, major film debut was Boys in the Hood, which was definitely one of the more raw films and portrayal portrayal of ghetto's lives, particularly in South Southern California and and L.A. He was, at this point, had appeared in a few films, but this was his uh, debut screenplay along with DJ Pooh and were able to get funding from New Line Cinema, who gave them the opportunity to make this movie Friday in 1995. So April 26, 1995, Friday came out. And just to sort of go back into the vault, so you guys have an understanding of where I was. When Friday came out, I was in middle school, the seventh grade to be exact. So this was an R-rated film. At this point, I could not go see Friday by myself. (laughs) And for those who know everything with the MPAA, Motion Pictures Association of America, that if you are going to an R-rated film at that time, you had to be accompanied by somebody who was at least... 17 years old or older to their credit back then, even with movie theaters, no one was really checking the ID of anyone. You just needed to look old enough to be able to see you were taking someone to go see a movie, even like Friday. So this was not a movie that I was going to go with my parents to go see. (laughs) And for those of you who know anything about me know that my parents uh, come from the West Indies or from Grenada, they're very old school. This is not a movie that I think that they would have enjoyed especially with so many of the different elements that came as a result of it. So me and my friends went to go see it. And our friend Marcus, who at that time, he was actually 18 years old. And he was able to vouch for the rest of us to get into the movie. He bought the tickets and we were able to go along with them. And we went in to go see Friday. Now, Friday was a film that wasn't necessarily a huge success box office wise by numbers, are considering but the budget was relatively cheap even considering by 1995 standards only a budget of 3.5 million dollars but had a box office of 28.2 million which was pretty good considering the film of that size and the cast and considering it was a very segmented movie meaning that there were only certain types of people that were going to go see Friday it did pretty well and it was considered a success and many people would even call it a cult classics. And I would definitely agree with that as well because of the following what happened afterwards. Now, within about a year or so, whenever you get to school, you can tell how big some movies are, how popular they are by being able to be around your peers at school. Well, this movie became a hit because everybody was quoting this movie in different situations at school. And, every, you know, middle school kids at that point in time, you know, there are jabs everywhere, especially when it comes to making jokes. But when it comes to that, people start talking about the movie. You just start rolling down the quotables. You heard a really memorable one at the beginning of this with Smokey talking to Craig. And there were so many different others. I could probably have a podcast alone of just all the quotables we got from Friday that people used back then. And even now, 25 years later, people still reference now. So that's pretty much where we were. I decided to pick this film in pop culture corner because while this isn't necessarily, quote unquote, a hip hop film, it features some hip hop stars and Ice Cube and also DJ Pooh, But this really figured prominently in the hip hop culture because of the cast of the film, the setting of the film, and then also who was involved in it. And it sort of gave you that idea of sort of like an everyday setting. Now, to what Ice Cube and DJ Pooh's objective in making this film was to show more of an everyday sort of portrayal of life in the hood. And they sort of accomplished that with this because you could see a lot of elements of people you may have encountered in your life, whether you lived in the hood or maybe even in suburbia, because, you know, that was sort of the aspect of the film that they wanted to portray. So it wasn't necessarily a hip hop film, but it definitely scored a big hit amongst the hip hop crowd because of the stars in it. But then also the music that was featured, not just in the motion picture soundtrack, which we'll get into a little bit later, but then also because of some of the score that was made with the music that appeared in the movie. And it wasn't just hip hop sounds and music mainly from West coast artists. It was also old school songs. You know, you heard the Isley brothers in there, you hear Brucey Collins, you know, lots of old school songs, which was really popular, especially when it came to samples that West coast artists and producers that were using at that time. So This scored with big with the hip hop crowd and continued to score big with them. And even into the point when Friday became a franchise with next Friday and Friday after next. But this is pretty much what started it all. So if you haven't seen Friday, which if you're listening to this podcast, if you haven't shame on you. But if you don't want spoilers, you might want to go ahead and press pause or stop altogether. Watch the movie and then come back and listen to the rest of this. (laughs) It's pretty much what Friday is about. So Friday is about Craig, really Craig and his friend, Smokey Craig and Smokey live in a neighborhood in South central LA and Craig lives at home with his mother, his father, and then also his sister, Dana. Now the story takes that Craig actually got fired from his job the day before when it was discovered that his employer accused him of stealing boxes. (laughs) Now the, insinuation is that Craig worked at UPS and you see that later on in the film when you see the character Red who was actually played by DJ Poole that he was went to go pick up his check his employer accused him of stealing boxes so they had him on videotape and they fired him on the spot so and that was actually as we all know on Craig's day off so Craig wakes up the morning after being rudely awakened by Jehovah's Witnesses who he summarily dismisses with a slam of the door but (laughs) wakes up Of course, his mother making breakfast and talks to his mother about him losing his job, asks him not to tell his father and his father then calls him in the bathroom, which his father brilliantly played by the late great John Witherspoon calls him in as he's in the bathroom in his morning glory while taking his shit and tells him that he needs to go find a job and he might want to sign up to be a dog catcher because Mr. Jones, Willie Jones actually works for the city of Los Angeles animal control and he's a dog catcher. As the story plays out, while Dana heads to school and Mr. and Mrs. Jones goes to work, shows up Smokey in Craig's bedroom. Now, in between this, Craig hears from his annoying girlfriend, Joy, who who was played by Paula Jai Parker, who actually called to accuse him of cheating on her while she has another man in her bed. (laughs) So Smokey shows up. Smokey gets into Craig's room, and they make plans to sort of find out what happened with them the day before, and they make plans to sort of hang out for the day. Now, mind you, Craig's father told him to go out and go get a job. And we know this isn't gonna happen during this day, not on Friday, not the day after Craig got his check. <laughs> so so as the Joneses leave and go to work, Craig and Smokey pull up two chairs, uh, radio, and then also Craig gets Smokey something to roll his marijuana up in. And as of course you know, Smokey is selling weed But he's selling it on consignment for the neighborhood drug dealer, Big Worm, who Big Worm stops by as Craig and Smokey start to chill to tell Smokey he needs his money. And Smokey's like, cool, I got your money. And then he proceeds to sit on the front porch and smoke weed all day, the weed that he's supposed to be selling. So (laughs) this day unfolds a Friday where Craig and Smoke sitting out on the porch talking and chilling and they encounter a number of different cast of characters throughout the day. And <laughs> what they do is they see all these different folks that come by one of them being Debbie and Debbie was paid, played by the lovely and still fine Nia Long, who at that time during the nineties, when it came to these urban type of movies was your it girl. When it came to playing somebody, either the girl next door was somebody who was definitely gonna be the love interest in one of these stories. She was in Boys in the Hood. She was, of course, in Friday. She was in Love Jones, a lot of different other movies. And at that point in time, Nia was like the it black girl when it came to these type of movies. As a matter of fact, when our conversations came up, like there were people who were talking about Jane Kennedy versus Pam Greer. And our generation, we talked about Nia Long versus Jada Pinkett. Because they were almost two of the type, same type of actress. And they played the same type of role. Now, me personally, I was actually more in tune to Nia. Because I got a thing for short brown-skinned girls. And at that time, I had a time for short brown-skinned girls with haircuts. Short haircuts. And not to say Jada wasn't fine, because she was fine. And she still is. But I was definitely team Nia all the way. <laughs> they see Debbie. They definitely also run into Red, who comes by as well. But then they also run into characters such as Debo and Debo is played by tiny Lister Zeus Lister, a former WWE wrestler, bodybuilder and an actor. Debo was the neighborhood bully who pretty much robbed from everybody and took people's stuff and punked people out of everything. As a matter of fact, this movie helped to make the term Debo to describe anybody who was sort of a bully or who bogarted or who bumped people for this stuff and pretty much intimidated them into doing it. That pretty much became a term. When you wanted to describe them, you got (laughs) Debo. And one of the opening things is when Smokey tells Craig about what happened the day before at a dice game when Red came up to Debo and Debo had taken his bike beach cruiser bike and he thought he was only borrowing it, but he wanted to get it back. So Red's father takes him up to the dice game. Red's is definitely intimidated by Debo and asking for his bike back. And Debo gives the impression like he's going to do it. And then Debo knocks Red the hell out and tells him it's my bike. To which Smokey runs over hilariously and says the famous words, you got knocked the fuck out. To which Red's father, played by Reynaldo Ray, the late great Reynaldo Ray, gets out of the car attempting to get Red back. To which Debo asks him, you want some of this, old man? And he says, no. (laughs) And runs back into the car. So they encounter Debo and Debo actually helps them to uh, uh, coerce Smokey into doing a robbery on the next door neighbor, Stanley. Stanley, who's very particular about his grass and tells them many times to stay off of his grass because he's very particular about his lawn maintenance. (laughs) And Debo takes the money, not giving Smokey any of the money. So they run into them. He also run into Pastor Clever, who was played by the late great Bernie Mac. And uh, also they run into Hector, who is a guy who Smokey smoked with and he got Smokey high off of Angel Dust. And Smokey tripped out for almost a day or so. Before his mother had to come get him because he was tripping off of Angel Dust. So all these cast of characters roll through as Craig and Smokey are sitting out on the front steps. Now, the whole time what's happening is that... (laughs) While they're sitting there talking and listening to music, Smokey is sitting there one by one, rolling up joints of the weed he's supposed to be selling for Big Worm. And (laughs) as they're smoking, and as you heard in the beginning, Smokey said that he was going to get Craig high, but Craig has never smoked before. And Craig is not really paying attention to Smokey. He's just outside chilling. Well, (laughs) during the day, eventually we'll, we'll get into later. Smokey gets Craig high, but before that happens, they run into a few people and I mentioned Pastor Clever who came by to see whether or not the Joneses were home, which they weren't. And obviously we all know a pastor like Pastor Clever. So many of us have known him and know those hilarious type of characters, but also interjected in this is the next the, across the street neighbors, the Parkers and Miss Parker, who is played by the lovely Kathleen Bradley, <laughs> the old milf lady in the, in the neighborhood who introduced themselves. But during that visit from Pastor Clever, Pastor Clever notices that Smokey's rolling up weed. So he takes the time to give him this drug PSA, which Smokey definitely has a retort. Excuse me, brother. What we call drug, the
0: 74th Street Baptist Church, we call a sin sin. We're around here between Norman and Weston. We call this here a little twin twin twin. Wow. Nigga. Okay,
1: why don't you just give him a little bit for my cataract?
0: You didn't put in on this, man.
1: It's better to get a receipt, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that is when Pastor Clever goes over to the Parker's house to pray with Mrs. Parker. Yeah, pray. Without clothes on. So <laughs> So these hilarious cast of characters roll up as they're sitting there chilling on the steps and they're smoking weed. And then eventually what happens is that Smokey eventually gives Craig a joint to smoke. Now Craig is unemployed, but Craig decides to smoke anyway. Peer pressure. I guess you could say Craig takes about three hits of a joint and then Craig is now high. (laughs) So in the middle of them being high, they actually run into Debbie's sister Felicia who is a, I guess you could say, downtrodden, beat up, uh, sloppy. Don't know if she's a drug addict or not. They, it's assumed that she has some sort of problems. But she rolls up and she's always begging for something. And so at this point in time, she's begging to see what she, see what it is that she could borrow. And this hilarious sequence unfolds.
0: What you want? Oh, I need to borrow your car right quick. What kind of shit is that? Most people want to borrow sugar. They even ketchup. You want to borrow my car? Hell no. Hell on. Well, let me borrow a joint. You need to borrow a job with your broke ass. Always trying to smoke up somebody's shit. Hey, hell on Felicia. I'm gonna remember that. Remember it. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a fuck. Chris. Bye,
1: Felicia. Damn you. all <laughs> Crazy man! I still crack up at that scene because that Bafalicia thing blew up probably within the last seven to eight years, really within the last six to seven years, and everyone started using Bafalicia as a term to dismiss somebody or dismiss their arguments or dismiss their point of view, and it became big and became even bigger when Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who was playing Ice Cube in the film Straight Outta Compton, used the same clip in the film by Felicia to dismiss a hoochie mama out of their hotel room (laughs) so at this point in time Craig is high and he's tripping out because he smoked weed for the first time and if any of you have been newbies out there think about the first time that you ever smoked weed yeah well you can only imagine how much Craig was tripping out well some point in time Debbie comes over to see Dana but Dana hasn't come home from school yet they sit there and have a conversation Debbie attempts to hook Smokey up with her friend. (laughs) Looks like Janet Jackson. (laughs) And during this time, Debbie, who Craig definitely has a crush on and wants to get to know and definitely wants to see what's up with her. And Craig are sitting on the couch by themselves. Now, mind you, Craig is high. Now, any of you who have smoked out there, especially my guy, my fellas out there. If you've smoked and been around a girl that you like and she doesn't know that you smoke. You try not to do anything stupid to screw up your chances, which Craig was trying to do and also not trying to give any indications that he was actually high. Well, that didn't work because in the following sequence, Debbie at least suspects that she figures something is off with them.
0: Craig. What's up? Are you high? Huh? Are you high? No, why you say that? Cause you look like you've been smoking for real. Nah, I'm cool. <laughs> 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 I still look, still look that Maryland only, new customer offer Subject to eligibility requirements Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 7 days From issuance, please play responsibly For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org Or call 1-800-GAMBLER In partnership with MGM National Harbor Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins And little ways to innovate digital processes There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at (laughs) highland.com.
1: I'm sorry. I think my two or three funniest moments in the film comes right there because I know exactly what that moment feels like. It's funny as hell. (laughs) So the day continues. Eventually, at some point in time, Mr. and Mrs. Jones get home from work. Well, as they're sitting outside, what happens is that the ice cream truck rolls around and here comes Big Worm. The kids are following behind, like why Big Worm is in an ice cream truck? I have no idea and still don't know to this day. Maybe it's his rules for selling drugs, but Big Worm is outside. Wants to know from Smokey what's going on. So he pulls up. Smokey guards the kids out of the way, pushes them out of the way. And Big Worm wants to find out if he has weed left. And Smokey tells him, yeah. He's like, all right, well, give me a 20 bag because there's some fools that want something around the corner. Well, Smokey has smoked all the weed. And he has smoked the majority of the weed by himself. So he doesn't have Big Worm's money. On the fly decides to say, nah, man, you know, I sold that shit. Big Worm asks Smokey to count out his money. Smokey pulls out $100, counts out 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, then tries to, while Big Worm is not paying attention, flip it around to see as though the same $100, as though, and tries to count the same 100 as though he has 200 to which Big Worm is like, you playing with me, Smokey. So then what happens? Smokey actually implicates that him and Craig have been smoking due to the fact that Craig lost his job as if everything would be all cool. Well, big worm doesn't think this is all cool and tells Smokey He needs to have his money to him by 10 o'clock that night or else he's going to kill him and Craig. (laughs) So Smokey goes back to the steps and tells Craig and then says, Oh, we, we got to pay him by 10 o'clock. And Craig was like, what the hell you mean? We, what is we (laughs) to which, Smokey was like, look, man, I'm sorry. I told you this. Like, look, man, let's stay together. To which Craig gets angry that Smokey has implicated him. The fact that he literally, like he said, only smoked a little half of a joint with him. And that was it. So now Smokey's drug debt has become Craig's drug debt. And they know big worms don't play around. So Craig tries to devise a plan of what to be able to do. Now, early in the film, those of us saw Craig pull a gun out, when Smokey first came in the room to show Smokey that he had a gun. And as he goes inside of the house, one of the most powerful moments of the film happens where Craig goes to retrieve his gun and his father comes in the room and sees him with the gun and he asks him, what do you have that for? And he told him protection and he was like, protection from what? And he told him that he had to walk Smokey down to his house. His father then gave the famous line and the famous speech that out of all John Witherspoon's roles had many, maybe one of the ones that folks from my generation remember from him the most. You kids that did nothing but punks. Sensified. So quick to pick up a gun. You're scared to take an ass-whipping. This is what makes you a man. When I was growing up, this was all the
0: protection we needed. You win some, you lose some. But you live. You live to fight another day.
1: And You think you're a man with that gun in your hand, don't you? I'm a man without it. Put the gun down.
0: Come on, put up your dukes. Now you're a man. Your uncle picked up a gun, too. He had to find out the hard way. Twenty-two years old. You got a choice. are all you need, all right?
1: Now, many people make light of that actual (laughs) of that clip, but the fact of the matter is that he spoke some truth. And this is something that when we talk nowadays, especially in our black neighborhoods, is more the truth more than anything else, because, hey, we do a problem with gun violence in our neighborhoods. And really, what he speaks to is a problem that we still deal with today, even 25 years later, that so many people want to pick up a gun to solve their problems when sometimes all it takes is your fist to have to be able to fix it. You win some, you lose some, If you live, you live to fight another day. And there's too many kids not living to fight another day, unfortunately. But the reality of the situation is, is that Craig got the gun because he definitely needed it. Because if not, somebody was coming to kill him and Smokey. So hilariously, Craig tries to borrow money from several people, tries to borrow money from his mother He tries to borrow money from Dana and definitely tries to borrow money from his girlfriend, Joy, who stops by, who thinks at some point in time that Craig is cheating on her with Debbie, but she's just stopping by to get something. And that was all. But he attempts to go and borrow money from Joy, but is thwarted by Felicia, who comes up behind Craig asking to borrow something, of course. And Joy drives off and Craig is left empty handed. Now eventually Craig's father finds out about this through his sister and realizes that him and Smokey are sitting up in the house while a drug dealer is looking for them for his $200 and tells them to get out. So they leave as they leave. The signs start to appear that somebody's after them. And then eventually what happens, 10 o'clock rolls around and then big worms folks come around to try to drive by to get them to get them as he promised. (laughs) So Smokey and Craig get away. They run away, run behind a neighbor's fence, get in throughout the neighborhood, and the car can't find them. The neighbors come outside because they've heard the gunfire, and everybody sort of congregates. This leads to the big scene where Debbie brings out Felicia, who has a bruised face, and it's implied that Debo hit Felicia because he thought she went through his pockets. Now, the reason why she went through his pocket, he thought she went through his pockets is because Debo was over at Felicia's house. And I'm guessing had sex with her, which I don't, one of the weirdest things for me to think about. Even now, Smokey attempted to steal the money that he stole from Stanley out of his pocket so that he could have the money to give to big worm his $200. But Izell. <laughs> played by AJ Johnson, who was yet another character in this film that I haven't mentioned. Ezel comes behind Smokey and attempts to thwart his plans and get in getting the money. And it wakes Debo up. So Debo hits Felicia. Debbie comes out to confront Debo about it. Debo stands up to Debbie and hits her. Now, as this is happening, Craig and Smokey come around. Craig is mad that Debo has hit Debbie and him and Debo square off on each other. Craig pulls out the gun. Debo tells him and goads him into trying to put to, to pull the trigger. His father and his mother are telling him to put the gun down. And right before he was going to pull the trigger, his father words about the gun. You win some, you lose some, but if you live, you live to fight another day. So he puts the gun down and him and Debo start to fight. Now Debo's way bigger than Ice Cube, way bigger than Craig in this movie. So they fight. He puts Craig in a sleep sleeper hold. Craig's mother tries to take the gun from his father to shoot Debo so that he would stop from killing Craig. Craig goes to sleep temporarily. Debo distracted. Craig wakes up, hits Debo with the brick, hits him with the trash can, punches him, and eventually knocks him out. <laughs> and this is the end of the story where Goliath is tumbled. And at this point. Smokey takes the money out of Debo's pants pocket. Red hits Debo one more time and takes back his chain, the one that Debo snatched earlier in the movie. And then for good measure, Ezel comes by and takes Debo's slippers. <laughs> and then Craig and Debbie get together at the end of the film. And she suggests that maybe he should come over and he's going to go over to her house because where's Debbie's and Felicia's mom? in Vegas with her boyfriend so Craig sets a date for early in the morning to come by to get some and then he goes home and calls Joy and breaks up with her over the phone and then the day ends and the clock strikes 12 and Friday's over and it's into Saturday (laughs) that's the movie that's a long plot I mean that's what I gave you a lot of other things we've missed in there we missed the the store you know, when they went to the liquor store and they ran into Izell. Izell faked an injury. Oh, my neck, my back, my neck and my back to get a 40 for free. We missed Smokey taking a shit outside of his house because his mother wasn't there or wasn't answering the door and he didn't have a key. So he took a shit right outside of his house. And of course, Mr. Jones was not having Smokey take a shit in his house. <laughs> and we missed, of course, Hector coming by to buy some weed from Smokey. After Smokey wasn't going to sell from him, but after Craig implored him that they needed the money, he went and sold him a bag of weed. <laughs> but a lot of different things that happened, man. Really a classic, cult classic of a movie where all these cast of characters came together and made this movie up. And a good story. Um, not a cinematic masterpiece, not anything that was going to be award-winning, but definitely something that is fit into pop culture in particular because I said the movie, the cast of characters, and also the setting. But I tell you what, This is something that figured prominently for quite some time, because like this is probably if you go amongst any group of any folks, I mean, you could say black people, but it's even transcended just beyond black people. This is one of one of the most quoted movies of the last 25 years. (laughs) And so many memes have been made off of this and gifs and all types of things have been made from this movie. And it just kind of shows the staying power that a movie like this sort of has, especially in the culture. Now, to sort of talk about the two characters, Craig and Smokey. Now, Craig and Smokey are definitely two archetypes. And when you think about them, you know them and you know people who are like them. So, Craig is the slacker. I mean, well, Craig and Smokey are both slackers, but Craig is definitely the slacker. He's the underachiever. Craig is the person that has a brain, has some smarts, has resources, can do well for himself, but definitely doesn't apply himself. And that's part of the thing that his father talks to him about in the beginning of the movie. And then near the end of the movie, when you talk about the thing with the gun and everything else, is that there's a lot more that needs to be there. It's sometimes often like Craig is the smartest person in the room, which is a bad thing at times. As a matter of fact, there's a saying out there that says, if you're the smartest person in the room, then sometimes you need to leave that room. (laughs) And that's pretty much what it is. And sometimes, as you see throughout the Friday movie, that this is definitely Craig's position. He's someone who's a slacker, underachiever, but he he has a brain. He has some smarts. He has things that he could utilize, but he's held down by so many different other things, some of them by his own intuition or lack of motivation. And then we get to Smokey, played by Chris Tucker. (laughs) Now, Smokey is the friend that I think everybody has to have but at times, you sort of wish that you never met him. <laughs> Smokey is the friend that they're fun to be around. They're entertaining. They're funny. They're nice company at times. And when you have them around, it's definitely more of a fun time to be had. I mean, they're the person that acts crazy, sort of gets into things, person that will sort of get you in to doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Now, adversely, they're also the person that will get you into some shit, that sometimes you can't find your way out of. And therein lies the problem with Smokey. Smokey knew Craig didn't have a job. Smokey knew that Craig needed to go to get a job. Smokey also probably knows that if you have to go get a job, in most cases, you have to pass a drug test. But Smokey doesn't know that because Smokey's unemployed because he sells weed. (laughs) And as many friends who were like that type of friend that Smokey is, Smokey pretty much peer pressures Craig into smoking weed for the very first time. And if you're familiar with the Friday series, the smoking weed and Craig thing became a regular thing after a while. <laughs> so blame that shit on Smokey. Smokey's that friend that makes shit more fun at times, but it also gets you into some shit that sometimes you can't get out of and you wonder why the hell he's your friend in the first place. But hey, every one of us has a friend like Smokey and sometimes we need a friend like Smokey just not in certain situations. <laughs> so that's that. So this to me, I think a cult classic movie, as far as hip hop urban based movies are concerned, it's definitely a cult classic. It's a movie that even now when it still comes on, I've seen it a bunch of times and I still watch it now to this day, even though I can quote a lot of it line for line. And there are many of us out there who have seen it multiple times that can quote quote it line for line. Like I said, not groundbreaking cinema, not a you know cinematic piece of art, but it's definitely something And when you talk about pop culture phenomenons and cult classics, this is definitely it. Now, the two sequels, Next Friday and Friday After Next, were not as greatly reviewed as this one were. Probably as memorable, but different cast of characters with Mike Epps sort of taking that smoky role instead of not being a stoner, but being that comic relief. And there are just some things that are missing from those movies in my perspective. I thought they were still funny films and they're funny in their own right, but I think nothing can definitely compare to the original Friday Because that's something that we'll always see for years to come. So Friday, man, a a great film, great pop culture film as far as urban culture is concerned. Now, as far as the soundtrack is concerned, getting into that, the Friday soundtrack came out a couple of weeks before the film came out. And it featured Ice Cube. Ice Cube made the title track of this uh, soundtrack, Friday. And this soundtrack featured many West Coast artists. It had Ice Cube with Friday, Dr. Dre Keep Their Heads Ringing, uh, that was produced by Dr. Dre and Sam Sneed. Also featured Cypress Hill with that Roll It Up, Light It Up, Smoke It Up, MAC-10, Funk Dubious, EA Ski, The Alcoholics, you know, featured all those artists from the West Coast, but also featured Scarface, who made the song Friday Night featuring CJ Mack. Threat which another West Coast artist as well. Um, there was Trying to See Another Day, which is the movie that opens up the movie Friday, which is a great song by the Isley Brothers. You got me wide open with Bootsy Collins and Bernie Whirl uh, is another great song on there as well. And the uh, last song I heard it through the grapevine by Roger Troutman. So, and uh, this soundtrack when it came out actually did pretty well. As a matter of fact, the soundtrack to Friday went double platinum and was certified double platinum on June 4th, 1996. They did videos for Friday and keep their heads ringing and keep their heads ringing was the main single from the soundtrack and was a huge hit in the summer of 1995. And uh, this was really when Dr. Dre was starting to, I guess, gear up on his in his production. Death Row was getting ready to have a big year at the end of '95, heading into '96, and it was a big song. Um, now, <laughs> listening on hip hop Twitter, some people not don't regard that as much as they did, possibly back then in the day, partially because of some of Dre's bars. You know, particularly the one I get asked so much. I'm asked to call me an astronaut. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's Dre though, right? And it's a slamming beat and a great concept of a song, and was a great soundtrack song. It, this soundtrack overall, though, it's not. I wouldn't say it's one of the the like marquee soundtracks, especially of these urban movie soundtracks. If you talk about like the memorable soundtracks that we all know, of course, above the rim, Jason's lyric, Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood, uh, Boys in the Hood, Juice. Like this isn't one of the soundtracks that you would put into that stratosphere. But it's a solid soundtrack. And then furthermore, what I think the best part about the soundtrack for Friday is that they really took the theme of it being based in L.A., based in South Central, by using a lot of West Coast artists and also producers, and then using a lot of soul music that sort of went towards the theme of the type of music that West Coast producers and artists use to really create that sort of G-funk sound, which at that time was starting to filter out a little bit, but still was prevalent within West Coast music. So it was a good soundtrack to sort of fit the movie. I mean, it wasn't spectacular, but I think it was a solid soundtrack for the movie. Not up in the upper tier of Above the Rim, Boys in the Hood, and Juice, and those that, that nature. But I do think it was a solid soundtrack. And, you know, we still hear Keep the Heads Ringing even to this day. As a matter of fact, there was the start of the beef between Ice Cube and Cypress Hill, which was a very brief one that happened in the mid-90s was all over the title track where Cube had asked permission from Cypress Hill to use their track, throw your set in the air. And then what happened is that he made a similar track after being denied permission, especially with the chorus with, oh, yeah, throw your neighborhood in the air. (laughs) Cypress Hill and Ice Cube had a little bit of a beef in the mid-90s, which was um, covered actually on the What's Beef series, which was done on BET. But that Friday soundtrack, a solid soundtrack, not one of the best ones, but Two really pop culture phenomena, the soundtrack and the movie Friday. Just really good to kind of look back on. And when I look back on that movie heading into that year 95, that movie was big throughout the late spring, all the way into the summer, heading into the fall, back into my eighth grade year. So it really was something that we quoted and referenced. So many pop culture references have come from this movie. So that's really what it's been good for. And on The Vault, we like to look at classic things like that. And we had a good time really sitting and reminiscing on the movie Friday. So there we are Friday, the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, you probably can catch it on television, whether you stream or you're on cable on VH one or on BT or TV one, or one of those channels (laughs) or FX, you can definitely catch it on one of those channels. It's showing, I think about once a week now, (laughs) go take a look at the movie and everyone was sort of waiting for the fourth Friday to come around. And we were all hoping they would have been able to tie all the elements together, including being able to bring back Chris Tucker as Smokey, including Mike Epps as Day Day, and then Pops John Witherspoon. But sadly enough, last year, John Witherspoon, the great John Witherspoon, passed away. And uh, there were many people who were sad as a result of that because he really was an element of that film that helped bring a lot of things together. So sad to say we may not be getting that fourth Friday after all, but you know, it's all good because the original definitely gave us some memories and still gives us memories for years to come. And that's going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault. This one of pop culture corner, please make sure you are checking us out on our new host red circle. Also make sure you're going to the vault classic music reviews on all of our social media pages, if you go to all of our social media pages, you can check out our link tree. It has all of our social media sites and also all of our streaming sources where you can catch the vault classic music reviews. You can get to us on Instagram on at vault CMR podcast on Twitter at vault classic and on Facebook and YouTube. You can search the vault classic music reviews podcast and you can find us like the page on Facebook follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube. We usually put our episodes up on YouTube a few days after the episode has been out on streaming sources so you can get another avenue of distribution. We definitely appreciate all you guys out there listening to us and interacting with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and if you make sure that that friend tells a friend and in closing, we would like to remind everyone to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And we always want to make sure that you dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace.
0: Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.